Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on Saratoga Board Games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 321. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Hey, Julius, I didn't realize this was a, a space-themed game. Uh, it's it's not technically a space-themed game. I suppose you were trying to balance spaces, but it's it's not a space-themed game. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping you get you do a Dora or Diego's theme songs. Ha! Ah. I don't know either of those. Really? Oh, my kids grew up watching uh, Dora and Diego. Nope. But no, today's game is Endangered, which is a game all about trying to rescue species to prevent them from to rescue an endangered species and prevent it from becoming even further threatened and die away. So it's sort of a tie into to the game two episodes back isn't it um the spill uh yeah actually that's humor humorously enough it follows on straight from the other one but yes this is another one that again we're trying to rescue endangered species uh it is another cooperative game of similar type thing but as opposed to last time where it was all about action selection this one is about hand management um and action selection where there's a whole tableau, so I suppose it's tableau management and hand management to manage your board and move stuff around and prevent the animals from being destroyed while trying to balance that with achieving various goals over the course of the game so that the members of the UN will vote in favor of your resolution for additional money to save the animals. I think this will be the year of the the environment on the podcast. <laughs> You like having years of when they don't really I do. have very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I sign random things a year sometimes. Maybe just the couple of weeks of. Well, that's all that's left. But we've I'm sure we've had other environmentally friendly games on the show this year. I suppose. Yeah, well, okay. So so you kind of gave us a nice summary of the game. Nice little uh, cooperative game. Let's talk about the components then. There's a lot. There are a lot. And I do want to comment. Uh, or at least point out, I do have, uh, well, first of all, I have all the expansions for the game, um, mm. but I also have some of the deluxe dice. So one thing that is involved is there's five different roles over the course of the game. So like, there's the the lawyer and the wildlife host and the uh, zoologist and the things like that. So there's five different roles. Each role has a set of cards. So there's 14 cards in each player's deck which is comprised of, I think it's 10 basic cards that everyone has, and then four, I think, special cards per each roll. Um, similarly, there's three power cards, uh, and these, so as opposed to the role, uh, the player cards, those are cards you're going to have in your hand you're going to play out over the course of the game. You also have a power card, which is a special power assigned to your character, and so this is something that's active the whole time. Each roll also has three dice and those these are regular d6s that are colored for the different colors but if you have the deluxe version uh then one side the six side instead of just having six pips will instead have the icon for your role which is a nice little upgrade but very cosmetic but i i approve of it um and then there's also going to be turn markers to be able to show when you've taken your turn and when you haven't all of those things central around a role board. 
Um, and this roll board is like the weirdest thing, in my opinion, to be included. So the roll board is essentially it's a piece of art that represents your character and can flip over to either be male or female. And it's got this like arm jutting out of it that you slot your specialty card under that arm and above that arm, you put your dice. That arm, that arm is absolutely worthless. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and if people don't understand what you're describing, it basically looks like this giant weird shaped key. Yeah, it really does. With the the part the arm that sticks out has little notches on the top, little teeth on the top, and everything. It's 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 a key. It's just weird. So you're supposed to put your dice there when you set up the game, but after you take your first turn, and there's usually like six, seven, eight turns, your dice will never stay there. Your dice stay on the board. So for the <laughs> most part, those slots are empty, and the same text is printed on your specialty card that's printed next to your board. So you could have just put the specialty card next to this icon, this chit that shows who you are, which I'm fine with the chit showing who you are, but just put the card next to it and don't deal with this arm that does nothing but make storage more annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bothers me because it makes storage annoying for these things because they have an arm and they don't fit nicely in the box because they're not very square. And is it a tight fit of a box? Once you have all the expansions, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have I have the problem that I have a lot of content for the game. So I think that means Julius probably likes his game. That's a safe bet right Spoilers. There. Spoilers. <laughs> How dare you spoil things like that, Albert? I'm guessing listeners kind of just assume that anyway, saying you have all the expansions. And there's there's a few of them, aren't there? There are a bunch, and there's more coming out, too. Really? Yeah. And the expansions are they are they like just a a card or just a rule sheet or something like that or is there like components with most of them? What, why don't I discuss that once I finish with all the components that are in the base game? I'll come back to the expansions. Okay. So those are all the player pieces. So oh, excuse me. The last player piece is going to be money tokens. Most of your cards are going to have a money cost to be able to use them or do stuff with them. So money tokens help you track what they are. There's these like cardboard chits of cash essentially um they're fine nothing nothing particularly special about them and then there's a year marker where you'll put your turn markers on top of the year marker to show that you've taken your turn that is all of the player pieces there are also scenario pieces the scenario pieces change based on what scenario you're doing in the base game there's two scenarios there is the tigers and the otters But there have been various expansions, and each expansion usually adds at least one, sometimes more, scenarios. And a scenario is always based on what animal it is that you're trying to rescue. It's like there's wolves, or there's sea turtles, or there's penguins, there's butterflies. There's all sorts of different scenarios. Included for each scenario, there's an 18-ish card deck for that scenario. And the cards are all thematically appropriate to what's going on or facing against that particular animal. So like the tigers may have to do with poaching. So there's poaching in there and there's mating and there's, you know, situations applying to tigers. Whereas the otter deck 
has to do with oil and uh, oil spills or fishing, that sort of stuff. So it's different based on which one it is. Those are completely unique decks with completely different art. I've not noticed any overlap between them. Some of the cards are are duplicates, similar to how you might find that, like, say, an Arkham Horror card game deck, where the encounter deck may have duplicates of it. But all the art for each one is unique and doesn't overlap between the different things. There is a board that the board that comes with the game has two sides. There's the four side and the shore side and the animals. And so it's a grid. It's a six by six grid where the animals are going to be placed out. Generally part of your scenario setup tells you where you put the starting set of meeples for those. Did I mention that there's meeples? (laughs) Just now. Yeah. There are meeples for each of the different ones. There's tiger meeples and otter meeples. And as the game has expanded, there's been more and more. Um, the deluxe ones that I have, those meeples have printing on them. So the tigers have spots. The otters have some brown fur. Um, the base ones don't, but hey, they're still pretty cool meeples. I actually have just kept the base ones because it's a fun little tiger. Um, and then there are deforce, de- uh, destruction tiles, either deforestation or pollution. And then there were more types of destruction tiles that have come out of later expansions. <laughs> but generally, the scenario cards will throw out, in addition to other stuff, destruction of something. Whether, again, it's like oil spill or people harvesting too many trees and leaving the tigers without places to live. And those will be represented by putting out these square tokens covering up spaces on the board. Generally, those things will kill any animals that they touch, and you want to avoid that. Those are scenario-specific things. There are also things that sort of apply to all scenarios. There is a black die and an orange die. Um, In general, the orange die is going to be used to determine whether or not the animals have more animals. If you have two animals together, it is it is just assumed that they are a mommy and a daddy and that they make a baby. <laughs> so you you don't have to match sexes of the animals. You don't have to track which ones are the males, which are the females. We, we abstract that out. Um, you roll the die generally, and this can change based on the different scenarios, but generally the idea is you roll the die, apply some rule, which is often as simple as you must roll lower than the number of mating pairs that exist. Like if you only have one, you're SOL. But if you have six, you're pretty good. So you have to have lower than the number of mating pairs you have. And then you roll the black die or sometimes the black in combination with orange or some other method of destruction. And then you roll those and that causes destruction. So every round, you're going to have an opportunity to do something. And then you have to do a bad card and the bad card will turn what to do. And then you can have offspring and then you can have destruction and you'll move through that linearly towards the end of the game. And the amount of rounds it takes is based on the different characters towards the end of the game. There are going to be these ambassador cards. Um, The ambassador cards are how you're going to win the game. You need to have fulfilled an ambassador's criteria. If you fulfill ambassador criteria, they're going to vote yes for whatever the solution is that, will put into law to save these things. And there's a whole pile of different ones. There's blue, there's green, and there's black ones. And they're all very different. The blue ones in general have something to do with animals. The green ones in general have something to do with what the players have done, like how many cards you have played or in hand or money that you have. Um, 
And then the black ones are a random roll of the die. And you'll weight those with your influence cubes. So over the course of the game, you're going to be buying influence cubes to pay off these ambassadors to vote with you, which is truly the epitome of how politics works. You are literally (laughs) paying off the politicians to vote for you. This is real to life. Uh, Yeah. Now it may be, you know, it's probably abstracting the fact that you're working to educate the ambassadors and, and, and do positive things. It's not just, it's not just payoff. I'm sure it's not just graft. Um, (laughs) not convinced. Uh, I mean, maybe sometimes there's different cards that do different things. It's like, sometimes there's a card that's protest, but there's a, there's a bribery or two. Always. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a little straight up. It's it's a little straight up. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool then actually. People are aware what's really going on. You've hopefully you're learning something from the game. I mean, yeah, it, it it is what it is, and yeah, like money makes the world turn. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is weird. We're not doubting that. So there, you're you're trying to buy or or somehow use your actions to place these influence cubes, and this is the game is not nearly as explicit as I'm saying it. I have perhaps a fair amount of jadedness towards politics in general, and I will not let that. <laughs> spin over onto the the board itself because yeah there's a whole bunch of ways it is that you put them out whether it's through protesting through activism or through talking about in your television show whatever method it is that you have um or if you're the lawyer you get to sue them out of existence which is always fun for me (laughs) like i like suing things out of existence always fun (laughs) so all sorts of different ways to put out those influence cubes those influence cubes in general will help push those votes towards being a yes towards the end of the game you'll have two opportunities to get a yes vote uh if you fail the first time you get one more opportunity if you fail a second time you're done son that's it the animals are dead sorry okay uh and that's both how you win and how you lose the game gosh you're so excited about this game that you went straight from components into describing the gameplay without really finishing the components components discussion and skipping everything in between. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to talk about the art and the components. Right. All the art, the art, <laughs> the art on the box and a lot of the art in the rule book. And I assume the cards, it, from far away, it looks like a photograph, right? It, it seems is like, not like, a photograph. It is but it art looks pieces, like but they're really good art pieces. You're mm-hmm. right. I totally jumped straight into gameplay and just did all the gameplay stuff there. Oops. Not, not, that, not that you really love the game or anything like that. We, we haven't talked I, about that yet. I, I, may, I may greatly <laughs> enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, maybe. So, so yeah, talking about components. I find that interesting. The the art, when I, when I first saw the art at the store and whatnot, I really did not like it. I said, oh, it's a photograph. I tend to just not like photograph art. Right? And I not. think that's pretty common. I hadn't gotten close enough to realize it wasn't, which is a shame. Yeah. The front of the box has this tiger piece of mm-hmm. art, which very much has it's not this watercolor faded look to him um you can sort of see the lines of the art as it's moving around you can see the camera flare being represented on the picture but it's being done in what looks to me like watercolor that is an art theme that plays through to a lot of them in that they are very good art pieces but they are not 
they're not photorealistic. It doesn't feel like a, what's the frog games? Um, yeah, frog games, whatever it is. So they make photorealistic pieces of art, which is not in a style that I enjoy. I enjoy the style that is being used here, perhaps because with them, to my understanding with the frog people, they actually took actors, dressed them up and then drew those pictures. Yes. These flying frog productions, flying frog productions. Thank you. These are, they're not actors. It's just pure pieces of art. And I very much enjoy the look and style of them. I like that. There's so many unique pieces of art that all of it adds thematically to it i like that one of the things that i know my family has enjoyed is the fact that the roll boards can be flipped over to be both male and female on either sides Mm -hmm. so everyone has a chance to feel represented by those um yeah the art is lovely Uh, i think the components are all very nice um i think that the the only complaint i have had about it, I've already I mentioned it briefly, is about the roll boards just being silly for no reason. <laughs> There's no reason for the little arm sticking out of it. But including turn markers, for example, so that you know whether or not you've had your turn. Like so many games are like, oh, we forgot to think about that. Well, that's included. I've already thought about those things. Like they put they put care and thought into it. Maybe the only thing that I could talk about is there's just like the influence cubes are, are just wooden wasabi cubes like why are they greens i don't know the one thing that i have added is a set of check marks when you kind of the very least say hey this is some way of remembering this is an ambassador we're working on or have even completed put some little check mark tokens but i've just gotten some check mark tokens and added them in and that is purely for me so that especially when I'm playing over interruptions (laughs) so that I can remember and sit back down. Remember, Oh, right. This is the ambassador that I think I can do as opposed to working on this one. If it's not obvious from the fact that one of them has cubes and one of them doesn't leaving, having those checks just for memory purposes, or I guess I could use them when I'm playing multiplayer, but typically we, there's not as much interruption. There's more memory, but having those out makes it easier for me to remember. And it's just a component. I wished was in there and for my copy is in there, but yeah, all of, all of the components in my opinion are very good, especially the printed meeples that got added on makes it look really nice. Uh, okay. I haven't seen, I haven't come across pictures of those yet, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Everything looks really nice. Very well done. Um, everything seems very functional too, which is nice. Yeah. Is it a oh, small every, box? I, I don't, it's not, it's not as small as like a, um, it's not as small as a solo hero series. Is it as small as Nations uh, Dice Game? Uh, yes, it's the size of Nations Dice Game. Okay. And it's stuffed right now. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. Uh, I want to hear more about the expansions, but that'll be later, I think. How about the rules? Okay. I haven't read them fully, but they seem very well laid out, very clear and easy to follow. Um there's lots of pictures everywhere to, to explain stuff. It just it just seems quite organized. I agree. The rules have not been an issue. I was able to understand the rules. I think that the fact that they have big, bold areas, like here's how you take your turn. Actions, offspring, destruction, impact, upkeep, makes it really good. Um, the only issue I would have with the rules is that there is a player card 
that similarly lists out the five turns of it, and it's just a quick turn reference. They made an error, in my opinion, with the reference card, because the front side of it lists four of the phases, and then the back side lists upkeep. And it is super easy when you're learning the game to get through actions, offspring, destruction, impact, and just end up not drawing, because at upkeep, you get to draw a new card. Every round, you get a new card. And if you forget about that, you're going to run short cards because everything else is really easy. Everything else just flows. But for some reason, it takes the longest time to remember, oh yeah, draw a new card. It's not there on the front of the card. I just wish that had been a little bit rearranged so that all five faces could be on a single side of the card. Yeah, I mean, and th- those those reference cards are so handy for for new players. That you know, that those are the people that want to remember this. So you want everything yes. as as easy as possible for them to to read and and find. Or someone who's sitting down and re remembering because they have a lot of games on the shelf. <laughs> or that, yep. I like that it's got a glossary of all the symbols and what they mean. I like when games do that. This one has one in the middle of the rule book. Because a lot, a lot of games will have a lot of different symbols, and sometimes they're hard to figure out. But you know, this one has a whole little table; they're all in one spot, which is always handy. Just odd that it's in the middle and not say at the end. Yeah, yeah, that is that is a fail, especially because there's the glossary of symbols that's in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's not ideal, but I've never really thought about it. Okay, so then uh, somebody actually is playing the game; it's not a big deal. I'm just I'm just Most, give, making comments based on on looking through the rule book. I, I would say the the part of the icons that is perhaps the one that you need the most is about the instant impact versus persistent impact cards. But really, for the most part, those icons, all the icons are really you know quite easy to understand and, and execute on. So I've never really had any issues with it. Okay, how about the theme then? How's the how's the theme come through? We feel very bad when we killed the elephants. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We the first time I sat down I played this game was with my wife and the elephants are her favorite animal and we attempted to save the elephants and the elephants have died every single time and we have never saved the elephants and she feels very sad. So you're not actually killing the animals, you're just not able to save them. You're making the hard choices where like I really I really want to save the elephants but I need to this one's I can't help this one right now. He's going to walk into that bad spot. That sort of thing. I mean or are you actively like, there's an elephant, shoot him. Here's the thing. I mean, here's the thing. While you are not actively killing the elephants, you have to roll that destruction die. And when you roll oh. that destruction die and, and nail an elephant, you feel like you nail the elephant. Yeah, you feel Even responsible. Even though, oh. yeah. Hmm. That That is Even interesting. Though. That's really interesting, actually. I guess you could so, have a designated person rolling. You know, it'd be good to have somebody rolling it that's not actually playing the game. <laughs> just, that's not playing just, the game, so that, the, yeah. so that it's their Their job fault. is just to roll it, yeah. Or, or have an Dib's, app do it. Dib's not me. I'll, I'll get in trouble if I'm the one who always kills yeah, the animals. Something like that. Or, you know, everybody puts their finger on the app on the phone, and once everybody's touching it, then the dice roll. Then nobody's blamed for it. <laughs> um. You may not be wrong, but yeah, that's, that's well, it's not strange. Yeah. Strange to do, especially because there's some of them that do different things. But it's yeah, 
it's more i'm more using this to highlight that yeah you you feel the theme when you're doing this we mm-hmm. are we are in a war to save these animals we feel for the cute fuzzy animals we want them to be okay and when they're not okay we are sad mm-hmm. and the theme is very much there when we're doing this because we we feel bad for the poor animals gotcha all right um that's interesting. Do you do you want to go through the gameplay again, the rules? Um, well, perhaps the, a part of gameplay that I hadn't mentioned is what more stuff about how you use your cards. So I said, <laughs> I said all the stuff that the animals doing about that. I don't think I focus so much on our cards and our turns. I think once I started describing the scenario components, I just moved in how the scenarios work. Mm-hmm. What you do with your cards are. There are generally three different types of places that you're able to play your cards. The game starts with four cards printed on the board for actions. When you play cards, you're putting out more actions available. You have your dice. When you roll those dice, you must place them somewhere where they are higher than all of the options that are all than all the dice that are already on there. So if there's no dice there, you have any, any sort of option, but if someone's already put a four there, then you're, you're stuck. You can't put it. You can't put your three on a spot where someone's already put a four. So you have to go and be more selective when you have those higher dice on where it is that you want to put them. And then often people are going to be rolling those higher dice. On the other hand, sometimes you want to roll a higher die so you can get above a target that someone else has done. So if everyone just rolls a bunch of ones, you'll be just as locked up as if everyone rolls a bunch of sixes. So sometimes you want to roll some threes and some fours and some ones so that you're both able to get over other people's hurdles and get under hurdles for everyone else and not put out any hurdles for everyone else. So that is how those actions and those card work. You're playing those actions to create new action spaces for people to put out more dice, which also alleviates the issue of blocking up players because you're putting out more action spaces. Or some of the cards are going to be continuous cards. So those are cards that are played to your area. They're kind of similar to that special bonus power card that you got at the beginning, except that this time it has a piece of art associated with it. <laughs> uh, these are continuous cards that give you a benefit that applies generally to you but sometimes to all players um but it's just a always it's essentially an always on card always on power and it doesn't go to the action space and then there's once cards once cards are sort of like events for arkham horror or something like that where it's it's played it does a thing and then that's it it doesn't continue to stay in play Generally, it takes an action. There's an action by default printed on the board. Generally, it takes an action to be able to play a card. This can mean that if you haven't played any other actions to let you play more cards, and there are only high dice on play more cards, you don't get to play more cards. You are stuck having to do other actions. By extension, that also means if as a team or as a solo team, you want to be able to play a bunch of cards, you need to be very careful with the dice that you are putting on that slot. Mm-hmm. One thing that acts pretty strongly in your benefit is you can take turns in whatever order you like. So 
let's say that the first player to go puts a one on the play card spot and second player to go puts a two on that one. A last player to go only rolls fives. And he's like, I still want to play a card. Like I need to play cards. They do cool stuff. So he puts a five there. Well, next round, you can let that player with a five go first. And then he can just remove that five for his first one and hopefully we'll say a three or whatever it is and remove some of the worst dice that are there. Now then it's part of the complication for that is, well, let's say that player has a one in one spot and a five in the other who goes first, which one of those is the worst one you can do. So it, as opposed to, and I can't list necessarily specific ones, but there are many games where for these kind of cooperative games, you're stuck, everyone keeps going around the table. But for this one, there's a whole decision point about what order it is that you want to be able to go. And that means that there's all sorts of options. Let's say you know some person has a power that gives out money. There's Someone has the ability to give out extra money probably let him go first so that the person who can use that money to turn into influence or save the animals has extra cash available to them or you need someone to move off so you do that there's a whole lot of interplay between the card play and which dice are out on these actions that make for a, a robust decision point in even so much as who goes first never mind which mm-hmm. actions you do which cards you play who goes first becomes a discussion point when you're playing this. And I'm saying this to highlight, there's a lot of, of thought and reward that goes into this game for playing it well. And that is stuff I like I in games. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. The, um, cause otherwise, I mean, if you're, if you're rolling the dice and just playing where they go and, you know, it, it ends up being just, luck of the die and that's all you got right so so adding that option of choosing the order really makes it go from a luck based game to to strategy in addition with the with the cards you have because different players will have different cards that can do different benefits yep and then and then it's not just oh we want to go in the order of the lowest to highest every time you you may also want to say well yes we do want to do that but even though i'm kind of higher and I, I may skip a person. It'll benefit us if I play this card now. That's what I think, I guess. Yeah. So that's and I mean, cool. a common one, a common one that you want that, that has happened to me a bunch of times. So for the impact phase, when, when the scenario is taking its turn, in addition to seeing if there's new babies and seeing if you have destruction, you're going to play a card from the scenario deck and those do different things. In general, there are instance and persistence, which again are cards that are played out and cards that are just played and immediately discarded. For the instant ones, those do a thing and then they're gone. The persistent ones, though, will linger and will be painful as they linger. Some of them, very rarely, there's a couple scenarios that have good persistent cards. But in general, (laughs) these are ones that linger. So like, there's a couple that say, for example, I don't think it's one, but heartbroken, when you lose an animal, another animal has to die also. For just as an example, oh, You're like okay, oh, yeah. that is that is really really rough. Those will continue on until usually something that triggers them remove them, or a player plays a card or uses an action to remove them. So very often we'll say, hey, you have in your hand, or more often, yeah, 
when I'm playing solo multi-handed, which is how I usually play this solo, I, I will say to me, hey, you. <laughs> I, I will have dual side conversations. So I will say, hey, you. So I will say, hey, you. You have the card in hand that lets us get rid of this persistent impact. If we don't get rid of this persistent impact, we have a pretty high chance of losing extra animals or of losing extra influence or whatever the bad thing is. Probably, even though it's not going to be great in terms of your action, we probably want to get that card played. Can we do that? And so that's just another point that adds into all of this about who goes next? What cards are you playing? What actions are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all of that means also that there's a lot of replayability between the different scenarios because each scenario will have different ways that the animals move and each scenario will have different ways that the impact card can affect your game. Like some of them, the impact cards are more nice and the movement of them is more rough. Some of them, the movement is controllable or just neutral, but the impact deck is worse. Or some of them, like with butterflies, the way they spawn more butterflies is you drop them on the board and they go where they are. It's just really all over the place. So it adds a lot of replayability for the different scenarios. I think the thing that is not not as replayable is the fact that there's only been five characters and they've not had any expansion characters. So... Mm. Yeah, so you just you just have the same five characters, and also those five characters for the most part play relatively similarly because they have the same ten or however many it is. But there's the base set of cards that are the same across all of them, and so while all of them have a special power all to themselves that can push them towards one way or the other, they they feel relatively similar, and a lot of the replayability comes from the different scenarios. I'm pretty sure that they're going all in on that because they just keep releasing releasing additional scenarios and haven't really released any additional characters. What kind of abilities do the characters have? What kind of abilities? Yeah. Um, like what makes well, them, there's, how are they how do they feel different? So they feel different because I mean, essentially different different things. There's at this point in time, they've released additional roles, additional specialty cards for the different characters. So I think it's up to four per character, but like the celebrity person will use her fame to garner additional influence. And so she tends to be better influence um, and she will spend money to throw out influence points all at once. The philanthropist will be very good at getting money, Usually it's like if you're getting one money, you can get a second money or a second money for someone else or things like that. There's the lawyer who's pretty good at suing out of existence those persistent impact cards and can really act well to get rid of those. There's the TV wildlife host that is, no, it's the zoologist. I think it's the zoologist who's good at moving people around and moving the animals around to make sure that you have mating pairs and to keep them safe from things. Mm-hmm. Um, the TV wildlife host that don't, I can't think what they do special, but I'm relatively impressed that if I managed to name all five of them. Well, then I'm impressed that I've, <laughs> I will do that without actually opening the box. Yeah. It's, and they're all thematics. So I imagine that person does something like raising awareness so that people spend something more like money that. on them. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But they're general because again, there's a lot of stuff that, that plays in between them too. So, mm-hmm. It sounds really cool. The game sounds really neat. Um, yeah. And then there's all these expansions. There are. Oh, so the expansions have also added more replayability by those ambassadors. 
all those ambassadors feel very different. So like some ambassadors want to have like a specific setup for the way the animals are, or to make sure that you have enough cards plus enough money in, in play or something like you have to roll at least a six plus yet has to be six plus however many cubes you have on there. So if you have six cubes there, well then you'll definitely roll a six because it adds one to your roll for how many cubes there are there. So that there's ones that are just random die rolls. And so some of the time, like you're looking at it and the end of the game comes down to it and you're like, look, we've, we've put everything we can. We are coming down to a die roll guys. This is going to be like a <laughs> one in three chance to just roll this die and maybe we're good or maybe we're not like, I don't know. And you roll that die and all of it, all of it comes down to this moment that you've managed to eke it out. And although that's a lucky end to it, you've pushed a lot to even get to that spot to make sure that there are still at least two animals alive and that it's not a total blowout on that roll because like a zero and six, it's not, you've at least done something to it. And so that, that keeps the tension often all the way there, all the way until the end. Sometimes it's a blowout that you're winning and sometimes it's a blowout that you're losing as with many, many games, but it can, it can bring the tension all the way to the end. How many scenarios are there with the expansions? You said the base game has two. Let me count. Oh, there has been actually, I'm looking at the expansion. So there has been one additional person. It was the celebrity, but I think that came with the basic one, but let me count. So the base game comes with two. The expansion mm-hmm. came with six additional ones. That's the first expansion came with six more. And since then they've released one more single scenario expansion, which was the butterflies. And then there's the other one that's, that was on Kickstarter at one point in time and hasn't come out yet, which is the American red wolf. And I know there are more coming out. I'm sure they're not done with that, but they've made comments that there's more coming. So, you know, they're they're going to keep pouring into this one. Ah, okay, I see. So, and so there's stuff like new species expansion and biodiversity expansion or something like that. I don't know what you mean by I don't know what you mean by biodiversity. There's new species. So, there was the monarch butterflies, there's the American red wolf, there's uh sea turtles, there's polar bears, there's elephants, there's uh um there's oh there is giant panda also i think that was a bonus that came up with the kickstarter one as i'm looking through here because the way i have it it's just in a big giant deck box which doesn't list all of them so it is what it is there's the jaguars there's the tapirs um yeah there's there's a whole bunch they changed how the 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 base game has them all in the in the rule book, the scenario setup instructions. But past that, there's these nice chunky big cards that go over what each of them are. Um, and I, I prefer the chunky cards as opposed to the rule books. But yeah, that's okay. all for the expansion stuff. Okay, and that that center for biological diversity I was mentioning. Yes. That is basically, it's just two cards. It's a promo with two cards in it. One is uh, two rows, one for the lawyer and one for somebody else. So not, not a lot. So, but there's, there's a lot of different expansions and things in general for this game, right? There, there's the, um, looks like BGG has about a dozen expansions listed total. Expansions and promos. 
something like so that. So if you're a person that likes hunting those things out, this this could be a, a you know a game to get and, and just try and complete it. I mean, they've made it all very available. Nothing nothing is unavailable. You can find oh, okay. all of these things. Um, so some of it's available in the BGG stores. Some of it, like they republished again during the recent Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So they're not making it hard to find. It may just be between printings, but it's available. Tantrum House it's there. promos. Yeah. Okay. So that's endangered. Very cool. It, it sounds like a really neat game. Actually. I like it. Um, I'm, I'm almost tempted to get it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Final overview. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Julius likes it, but we all knew that. <laughs> As, just just in case that's not clear we were just l- humoring you letting you talk about it more you sold us on it a long time ago i mean i like it i think that it's it's a it's a fun game i like the theme of it i i am a relatively ecological type minded person so yeah i i really enjoy the game i think it's a lot of fun and i do recommend it all right um I don't have any good endings to you. Like, I mean, should we kill some elephants out of here? I don't think that's right. So, mm, An elephant never forgets. Uh, okay, there we go. We'll take it. Um, and that's it for this week, everyone. Thank you. We're off for Thanksgiving, so we're going to skip an ep- a week after this episode. Unless something magical happens, I don't expect it to. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalude on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.